Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. Open up to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And I'm going to read just one verse in my opening text. And uh, I'm just going to... um, I want to just be very, if that's all right, I'm just going to give some basic principles today. Is that okay? Because uh, my focus will be a lot on what's happening this weekend and moving in the 21 days. Philippians 4 and 6, familiar text. Be careful for nothing. Right? I like that. How many of you like that? I know my kids like that. How many of you are a parent like me and you, you're at your dinner table or a restaurant and they start talking and you see that glass in their vicinity and you're thinking there's 50 ways this is going to go and all of it's going to find its way in my lap, right? Because they're careful for nothing, right? That's the type of, that's what God's asking us to be. Be careful for nothing. Have some freedom, some liberty a little bit. Don't, and also don't be anxious. Don't be worried. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Praise God. Thank, I'm so grateful that I know a God that hears my prayers, that knows my needs, that is a comforter, a healer, and a provider. And he sets it up in such a way that I can go to him with those supplications. So today, I just want to talk about being ready for revival. Ready for revival. Praise God. Let's just bow our heads uh, this evening. We're asking God to bless us. God, we thank you together. We thank you for this time, Lord, we, that you've allowed us to come here in this house right now. I, I pray, Lord, speak to our hearts and bless us and strengthen us and God, move in our lives. God, we, we, we're so grateful, Lord, for who you are and what you're doing. I pray, Lord, speak into the spirit of our soul, Lord. I pray, help us. Help us be ready. Help us to see what we need to do, how we need to approach this month, this revival as we grow deeper let let deep cry out to deep and let us answer that call today God I pray help me your teacher today we give you great praise we give you great honor we thank you and in your name we pray would you say his name with me Jesus name amen amen clap your hands into the Lord just for a moment praise God praise God thank you Lord hallelujah God's good praise you hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. High five somebody before you're seated. Praise God. (laughs) Thank you, sir. It's good to see uh, some visitors. Some some people who were I didn't realize would be with us. They'd probably you'd be probably hearing them teach today if if I knew a little earlier. They're going to be with us and. Um, why don't you stand and just give a quick, just uh, greet the church. Just praise the Lord, everybody. Praise, praise the Lord. Lord. I'm excited to be here tonight. We just stopped being here. I'm busy with y'all, Pastor. Here, this great congregation. I'm so good. Uh, coming here with my wild, easy studies here at USC, and 
We are from Mount Tabernacle Church in Baldwin with Pastor Mahuna. We got Pastor and my sister Pastor Beer. And uh, we just greet you in the name of the Lord and thank the Lord for what He's going to do in this season. We are also going to be praying for y'all for uh, this revival. And we know thank God. you. We're going to do great things this year. We expect that. We open our hearts up into that. Yeah. Because He's a wonderful God. Amen. We need in these times. And not, you know, what I love about God is He's a present help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's always there. Yeah. So glad to be with you. Praise God. Praise God. Thanks for being here. I knew you came here just to hear this lesson. It has nothing to do with your son at all or bringing him shoes, right? <laughs> Praise God. It's always good to have uh, a child in college and you uh, um, cater to every need of his still from a distance. It's so sweet. I, he uh, had a flat tire not that long ago, and uh, it was, it was kind of like, what do we do? What do we, you know? And I'm thinking, man, this is easy problems. These are easy problems. I'm glad I can help with the easy problems. So, uh, praise God. I, I, I'm so excited for where we're at this beginning this year. Uh, we, we are coming out of the end of the year, as you know, and, um, you know, the end of the year, I've mentioned this before, uh, it, it is filled with different things that distract, and sometimes we get bogged down by that. But I want us to understand, as we start off, it's kind of in our worldview, in our culture, in our nature, that at the beginning of the year, we kind of start brand new. Whether you are a New Year's resolution person uh, or not, not. I, I'm, I've tried to, you know, I feel for the most part, I'm a bit of a realist. That's just another day again, and it's just go forward. But sometimes it's just built in you to have in the back of your mind that maybe in the, in the depths of your heart that, hey, I have an opportunity to start something fresh, start something brand new. And I, I hope as a church, uh, you're with me when I say this. I, I've got to be stronger. I've got to be deeper. I've got to want more of God than I did last year. Like, I'm grateful for 2023. We saw some great things, and we're not going to take the, the, the you know, uh, a whole day out to talk about just what 2023 brought us, but I'm grateful for the relationships that I, I markers that I established with God in 2023, but I don't want to stay there. I, I want to understand that I have an opportunity to say, you know what, I can get more of God. I want more of God. I hope you're with me. I want more of God. Someone so wise says, I'm ready for more in 2024. <laughs> my, my. But I, I, I hope when I say this, that um, it is a better journey to walk with people who are going the same direction. It is better to be on the same page in the one place and one accord. I, I ask we I know we know that text, Acts chapter two, one, right? But that text there is so purposeful and there for a reason. Because we don't, I believe wholeheartedly, we don't experience Pentecost if we're not on the same page. We don't experience the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. They don't get that in that moment if they're not all rowing the same direction. And so I hope as we're going and we're preparing for this three-day ministerial preaching, teaching, uh, giving revival, that it's not just that three days, that it's the revival of the 21 days that comes after that, the revival of consecration, 
consecration, the revival of praying deeper, the revival of fasting deeper, the, the revival of devoting yourself more for him. That's, that's when I say revival. I'm not talking about three days. I'm, I'm talking about the revival of the month and revival of choice. Because as much as uh, we want our leadership to, to set things up in s such a way, um, right off the bat, I'm just going to be honest with you, the revival only starts with you. You choose it. As much as I can promote it, bring in great preachers, right? Have all these things scheduled up. If you don't re want revival, you won't get revival. If you don't want something to change in your family, it won't change in your family. If you, if you, wanna, if you want a, a better outcome in life, you have to put forth the effort and make that choice. You have to, you have to say, I do want this. I, I need this, and I'm going to be here for it. And so I encourage you, starting this, this, this week, this Friday, be tuned in. Come, be a part. Come prayerful. Come ready to get a, a hold of God. Come ready to say, you know what? I, I'm turning a new page and I'm ready to see what he has for me. I'm going to be plugged in. I'm, I'm even going to amen preaching that doesn't even sound that good to me. I'm just going to be an amener, right? Be like Brother Foster. Just amen you anyhow, <laughs> right? But you, you, we, I want to kind of just talk about three things, or I would say three reasons why we need revival. And the first one is, again, this is going to be a simple lesson. The first one, I, I'm going to label it replenishment. This is something that you need. You've run out of something you had. Something you used to have. Maybe it was joy. <laughs> it was peace. Maybe it was a hope. Maybe it was just a happiness that, you know what, you've been depleted. And you are needing to be replenished. Maybe it's just what it's most important, the, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It's, it's been a while since I spoke in tongues. It's been a while since I allowed the Holy Ghost to just overwhelm me and allow, this, allow the service for me to be drenching the altars in tears. It's been, I, 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 life has depleted me. And so the first thing I want to talk about, the first reason we need revival is replenishment. I want to take a look at a particular story, a familiar one, Matthew 25. We're going to read the first 13 verses. This emptiness I'm talking about is starting to become an issue. That's what we need to be replenished by. And, and we go to God saying, God, I need that back. I need some more of it. Matthew 25, 1, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Let's look at two and three really quick. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. I'll pause there. Well, I'm going to read five. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Can I, can I just start off by saying how interesting it is? I, what caught me off guard a little bit that jumped out to me as I was studying and praying today is how quickly you can recognize wisdom and foolishness. You could perceive it. Oh, I'm look. Oh, there's someone who has wisdom. There's a fool. <laughs> All by the perception, immediately. We're no different. There are people, let me just say this, there are people I pastor that I can tell you right now without pointing fingers that I can say I know where they fall. 
You know people at work, people you know, that there's just something about them that, man, you, you just, they're dismiss, there's just the way they're, they look, what they're holding in their hand or what they're not holding in their hand. That's just foolishness. Man, that's wisdom, right? Seeing someone park in a parking lot a certain way, you're like, foolishness. <laughs> Seeing someone, you know, make a couple rounds going, hmm, wisdom, right? You, you just, you can see it immediately. So uh, this, is, this is not trying to get us to... Um, you know, the Word of God's not trying to keep anything a secret. I love how quickly it is to call it out. We have five that are wise, and five are just dummies. <laughs> right off the bat, I'm like, wow. All right, verse 5. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, someone say midnight. That is inconvenient, right? At midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. And afterwards came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. We know this verse to be uh, a familiar one, but I want to kind of talk about what underestimating and misjudging a situation can do when it comes to the situation of replenishment. You have these individuals who misjudged the moment, who misunderstood the value of the time. And they thought, all I've got to do is grab just what I need in my lamp. All I've got to do is make sure I'm here for that one moment. And because of that, we know the time went on. And the light began to grow dimmer and dimmer until it went out. And when the cry was made, time to be bright, time to be lit up. How interesting it is that the bridegroom is attracted by the light. When that bridegroom is coming for the light, the question is, have we mismanaged the moment? That separates us from being wise and being foolish. And what has happened in our walk with God, let me just kind of say it this way, is that too many of us mismanage the importance of bringing the extra. Too many of us misjudge the importance of a Wednesday night Bible study of coming to a midweek prayer service, to making sure you are there throughout, when the doors are open, I'm there. What, what does that represent? It represents the extra. It represents the extra crews you carry with you and say, yeah, I, I got my lamp on Sunday. I'm bright and lit up, but let me tell you what, there's coming a time when we don't know the time, we don't know the hour, but we need to make wise decision. And there's wisdom for being bought into a midweek. There's wisdom for saying I'm going to devote myself on a Monday, a Tuesday, 
a Wednesday, I ain't done a Thursday, a Friday, a Saturday. It is not a Sunday-only relationship that, that's going to make us get to heaven. And you see here, this mismanagement, this misjudging of a situation caused that, that five foolish to de be depleted. And I often uh, counsel, <laughs> I often talk to people on the phone who struggle. And all those who struggle are those who aren't here tonight. And I'm like, you got, you got a problem? Let's, here's, here's what you need to do. Be faithful. Fill up when it's being poured out. Collect the anointing. Collect the oil anytime and anywhere you can. Whenever we minimize the need to have a stronger and deeper relationship with God, we can be defined as foolish. I even love how in verse 9 and 10, and you're welcome to look back at it, but it was midnight at that time. We talked about it. At midnight, and there was a, <laughs> what's interesting, they said, go buy for yourselves. When they asked, can we have some? They're like, no, no, you, no, you can't have mine. You can't have my prayer life. You, you can't, you can't have, have what, you know, the group that was here at 6 a.m., you can't have ours. Right? Right, 6 a.m. prayer group? You can't have ours. That's ours. That's mine. We, we came here. We collected that. You can't have that. Why can't you have it? Because I just can't give it. Instead, why don't you go and buy? And what's so interesting, and I jump back to that text, verse 10. And while they went to buy, it's interesting to me that there was an oil shop open around midnight selling oil. What does that tell me? It does tell me this, that we have the ability to, to fill up at any time. We have the ability to fill up at any place. But we are, what, what's, what's scary is that we just don't know the time we need it. You have the ability to, to wake up in the middle of your night and get a hold of God and say, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm done living this mediocre walk with you, this stagnant, this, this low-level, milk-toast type of level. I need more of you. You don't have to wait till you come here on a Sunday. You can get a hold of God right where you're at, in your home, by your bed, by yourself. You can wake up your spouse. I'll give you the permission. <laughs> Get a hold of God where you're at. That's, that's what's so amazing to this story is that even the wise knew that there was an oil shop open. There's still a place where you can be filled. There's still a place where you can get what you need. But you've got to be replenished. It's the number one thing we need. We need to understand what revival is for. Re to be ready for it, we've got to come here this, this Friday ready to be replenished. I know everybody in here, me included, I've lost some things last year. I I've allowed certain things to grind me down. I don't care who you are. You can't, you, you, you're not going to be as brand new as you want to be. There are certain things in you that you need to be refilled in, replenished in, restored in. That's, you know, that's we. I, I love the Holy Ghost. God, I love the Holy Ghost. Anybody with me on that? Right? 
Too often we just love the Holy Ghost just because the Holy Ghost wraps you up in a blanket and comforts you. But that's not what the Holy Ghost is just for. The Holy Ghost, one of the primary reasons and uses of the Holy Ghost is to give you power, is to give you the ability to witness. It's the ability to preach the gospel, teach the gospel, to share the gospel. That is what the Holy Ghost is for. I heard an awesome podcast today that it doesn't matter if you have that introverted personality, that the Holy Ghost can change that. It can give you the power to witness in every single place. I believe that wholeheartedly. It can change who you are. And it doesn't mean change in the sense that I have to go out there and be a totally different person in that way. It can, it can answer the need for the hour and the moment. It presses you. But the thing also that the Holy Ghost does is that it grows things. And it grows a fruit. Spiritual fruit. That hangs out of your relationship. And I made this point a while before. That fruit ain't for you. It's fruit for somebody in your circle. It's fruit for that, that, that person in your home. It's, it's fruit for the person at your job. It's, it's for them to reach into you and pull something out. And I don't know if this is, if we'll be honest, some people's taking too much of my fruit. <laughs> Right? Some people, man, my temperance. Why do you keep why do you keep grabbing the temperance fruit? Lord. No, no, no. You just want not the long suffering fruit. <laughs> Come on, okay. What about what about just the peace and the joy and right all the love and some meekness, all those things, right? That what happens is when people begin to collect, it is our job to replenish that. It's our job to grow that out again. That's why we come for revival and say, I need to, I need to, to be fertilized again. I need to be replenished. I need to be someone that people want to be around again. Right? I, I need to have that. I need to have that. Because I've been around people who continue to test those, those things about you. And what, what they're testing is your Holy Ghost. And, and some of us have allowed yourself to be plucked dry. And, and we need to be replenished. Number two, the second thing I want to say, it's acquirement. You're, need, you're needing something special or specific. You thought you had your problem under control, but still it's there. There's something that you would want, but you've never had possibly. Something that you want to acquire. Maybe you have done everything in your checklist to do. You've, you've prayed a little bit about it. You've kept your Bible open, you know, on the nightstand. You've, you've come to the Sunday and the Wednesday night services. You've, you, you listen to uh, cr- Christian music and, and godly podcasts. You, you do that. That's part of, of your routine. But yet you're still fighting things. You are still battling things. You're still being attacked. And you're at, you're checking things off saying, well, I had a good service today. I, I was there Wednesday. I read my Bible. I prayed today. I, I even fasted this week. And, and, and those things are great. The problem is, it doesn't exclude you from problems. Almost the opposite. <laughs> it puts you in the batter's box for the problems. 
It's the way God intended it. He intended the strong to be strong and to deal with things. But here's the deal. Even the strong who are strong, who have developed a relationship, they even need things. I, your pastor need th- needs things. I need certain giftings. I, that's This revival, I'm coming to God. God, I want to grow more in you. I want to acquire some giftings. I was, I, I preached uh, in my absence. I, um, uh, preached for a church. Um, it was an anniversary service for them. And, uh, a great friend of mine, he's preached here before. You'll hear him again. We'll have him back again. But uh, his church uh, has seen kind of a, a little bit of a, a revolving door in a way because he's a church planner. He started uh, started out of a community center. And um, I was there for day one. Me and my family were there. This was 10 years ago. They're real little in the pictures. And uh, uh, we were all there present, worshiping with them. And in that community center, they began to grow. And they outgrew that space and so they decided to uh, they found a storefront that was a little bit better than the community center because the community center they had to set up and tear down and they came to a storefront a little about half the size of this one and so they came in there start having church and then there was another space that opened up and they opened it up and they were they were they were doing great then all of a sudden um covid happened and when covid came and shut things down and they had to change things and of course some people uh reacted to covid a little bit differently some churches reacted to covid a little bit differently in that season and that church that was was growing even though there were babes in christ you can you can have a large church and be a bunch of babies <clears throat> There's a lot of them. A lot of mega churches have a lot of babies. <clears throat> a lot of people, but a lot of ba- spiritually babes. <clears throat> and so, a lot of ba- good sized group, a lot of babies, but when hardship happens, COVID happens, you, you, you find out. I'll even say this even those who I didn't think were babies, they, they, were, they really showed that they were more babies than strong people. Tell you one thing, I'm grateful for that season. It really, it shook. It, it was it separated the wheat from the chaff. And so, that group had to find another place. And actually, I, I fast forward a little bit. Actually, they started to outgrow that um, before COVID. They outgrew that that storefront, and they decided to go to a school because they needed more space. They got to a school, then COVID happened. And then with COVID at the school, they said, you can't have service in the school. And so all those people didn't really have a church to go to and they didn't know how to react. And so he opened up his home, did whatever he could. They, they opened up their home. They, there's pictures of them packed out in their living room. But through those years, they just couldn't, it just dwindled and dwindled and dwindled. And so I'm just saying that over time, they had to like restart again, basically. They had to relaunch again. And, and, and it's, you know, the... They get to a place finally where they're in. The, they, they're welcome back in the school. They come back into the school. They're starting kind of over again. They're starting to grow. They're starting to do certain things. And they finally, they finally get to a place where they're able to purchase a church that was for sale uh, that fit their needs. And that's where they're at today. They own a church. Uh, they bought it for one hundred fifty thousand. So that tells you the size of the church mentally, what you're thinking. But it, what a great thing. I have no mortgage note, nothing. And God has been blessing them. But when I was there and preaching for them, 
It was really interesting. We had a, a great altar call, and, and the, uh, the tongues went out, but there was no one with the gift to interpret. And scripturally, when that happens, our, 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 and we should always do this, that when the interpretation, when the, or the tongues go out, we should pray that we can interpret. Okay, that's, that should be all our prayers in the moment. God, help me to interpret this. Help me. And now let me just say this. I get that's a hard one to pray for. God, I want the gift of wisdom. <laughs> I want the gift to just touch somebody and heal somebody. That's going to be cool, right? Karate chop healing ability. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I feel better. <laughs> right? <laughs> no one really is asking for the gift of interpretation. Why? Because it's a lonely gift that you speak out in the middle of nowhere and at any time. And, 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 and it's so needed. It's so precious and so valuable to the body. And I witnessed that church as they struggle to, to hear the interpretation. I'm praying there as I, I don't have that gift. But when I come to this revival, I'm asking God, gift me. Gift me for the edification of the body. Gift me with things that I know. I need this. We need gifts. We need to grow. We need to go deeper. I don't care if you're a fifth level black belt Pentecostal. There's a sixth level. <laughs> Come on. There's a red belt. I don't know. There's. <laughs> you got to get one of those, like one of those Kung Fu masters who just does this and the whole group falls out. <laughs> Benny Hinn Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> We, we, have to, we have to understand that, number one, if you feel that you, I'm all right, I'm secure, I'm good, that's the wrong attitude. That's not the attitude I need to have coming to revival. The attitude I need to have is, God, I need more. I need, I need something to help me fight my battles. And I, not just my battles, but my family's battles. I need to have the wisdom, a gift of wisdom. I need to have a gift of some, 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 he, not yeah, healing, of course, when I see healing, but I need to have some, I need to have some gifting so I can help my family, help my church family be there for them. I, I love this, this moment in Mark 5. 25, we're going to read there. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things and many physicians and had spent all that she had was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came into the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Here's something I want us to get into our spirit in this point here is that we need to understand that we have a problem. And this poor woman, the Bible says that she spent everything. She went constantly visit after visit. I want to say that we, one thing about that this woman helps us to really grasp is that she had the best awareness of her problem. That I have an issue. That it's not going away until I go get what I, I need from him. 
And when we're talking about acquirement, sometimes we come in here and we push off the problem and we don't own the problem and we keep saying, ah, there's another pill for that or there's another physician for that or there's a, a self-help book for that or there's a YouTube prophet for that. There's an there's a event down in another state that I can go to for that. I'm very leery of individuals who come in here and get something from God but keep going out there trying to find something more. And to me, that just tells me they never really addressed the problem. They never gave it all up. They never handed it all over. They never weren't real and transparent with themselves and saying, you know what? I have everything I need right here. All my needs are supplied in an altar. Everything I need, I can come here. The problems that I have, the the deep-seated, scary, ugly, if you saw the internals of my heart problems, I can come here and he can see right through me. I don't have to tell anybody. He can see them. I can bear them. I can say, God, I need to touch you. And I feel the reason we don't always get that healing or that answered prayer is because we haven't taken our problems seriously. We've ignored the true repercussions of our actions. And and I just want to say this, that even ignoring hell doesn't make hell less real. Skirting the decision doesn't make the choice less real. I hope when we come into revival, I'm coming with a made-up mind that I, I, I've got to get something. I'm not leaving until I get something. How about that? Right? <laughs> that poor woman, she, she, you know, the picture of it in, in Scripture, she becomes something different in that street. I really believe that. I believe all these people, the Bible says, are thronging him. But she becomes a parking, you know, uh, uh, stump. (laughs) You're not going any further until I touch you. Something different about that person who who goes to God and knows their situation, understands their situation, and has said within themselves, I love this, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know my answer's there. The faith. How many of you could imagine starting off your walk to Holy Ghost from your from your seat before you before you stepped out? Said, you know what? It's just if I can just step out of my pew, I know my Holy Ghost is waiting. Some of you would be speaking in tongues before you got here. Because that choice has already been made. The decision is so it's so permanent within you because you know that you've come to get something. So that's the first one. Is that, is what? How many note takers? Replenishment. Good. Second one, acquirement. Third one is fulfillment. You are needing completion. You desire more. This is a little bit different than the other ones. This This is more so a reminder that we need to be complete. This is more so a reminder that in this revival that we're going into... Even the 21 days of prayer and fasting and devotion. Man, go into it. Go into it saying, I, at day 21, <laughs> I'm going to get what fulfills me. Right. Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to complete this. Yeah. I know it's going to, let me just say, I've, I've, <laughs> man, I, I've, I've taken this poll every time. And some of you are getting wise to it. How many of you enjoy fasting? 
Yeah, you're getting smarter. <laughs> right? No one, you should not enjoy fasting. It's my trick question. If you raise your hands and say you enjoy fasting, you are doing it wrong. There's times I wake up deciding, there's times I, it's so funny, it's so weird. I'll wake up and, and go about my day getting busy, not eating a certain thing, later get to dinner. I'm like, man, I didn't eat anything and I'm ready to eat, but I mean, I didn't, I, it didn't bother me. But the moment I make a decision, right. it's fasting day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm like Jesus on the 40th day. I'm, I'm battling the devil. I'm, <laughs> what does the scripture say, Satan? What is, I mean, it's 8 a.m. It's a, <laughs> get thee behind me. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm, <laughs> Something happens in the choice and, and the spirit and your body knows a decision has been made that you weren't supposed to win the day. The spirit's supposed to win the day, right? And so that spirit's got to be strengthened only because the flesh is weakened. And so when I say fulfillment, I'm going to say this as honest as I can. You, we need to fast some things that hurt. We need to fast some things that sting. We need to fast some things that, that, that weaken this flesh of ours. It's not, it's, it's, it's because we need to find that perfection. We need to find that, that completion. There are things that we all deal with that are not, that are, 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 are uh, things that we're not always fully equipped to deal with. But, you know, life has depleted us and we still at times, we've come to get replenishment. We've come to acquire that thing. But uh, this last point of fulfillment is so vital and it's so scriptural because you see it all through the book of Acts. Acts 8, 14. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, Man, they received it. Praise God. Let's mark it off. Let's go ahead and get the t-shirt out and post it on Instagram. Samaria saved. That's not how it reads, right? They sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Why? For as a yet he was fallen upon none of the Holy Ghost was fallen upon none of them. I love that. If you're wondering, you know, hey, highlight a verse that helps you understand that, that the oneness of God. <laughs> God is a spirit, amen? amen. You know, uh, what does it say there? He, for as yet he was fallen upon them. Interesting. He was fallen upon none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. I love that. They were only, only baptized. <sighs> then laid they their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Samaria wasn't off the list until they were fulfilled with the Holy Ghost. They were not willing to move to the next city. They were not willing to move the revival any further until the fulfillment of the revival ended. And we could get so excited about a few tears on a Sunday and feel the Holy Ghost goosebumps and be happy about that moment. But how many of you be honest and say, you know what, I get back to my car, I hug a neck and a few of those people from church, I get back to my car and I'm, I'm almost home and, and all of a sudden the heaviness falls on me. 
Something, something is lacking still. It's because I didn't fulfill what I needed to do up here. I didn't, we, we call it praying what? Praying through. It's a little old school, isn't it? We need more praying through. I'm trying to work up a, a title, and, it's, and I, I'm, I'll just share my thought processes, but I'm trying to work up a title about the most important person you bring to church, right? What his name is. His name is Terry. Terry for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Terry. You got to bring Terry. <laughs> You know, uh, some of you who are, who are not kids are going, who's Terry? <laughs> Terry is not a person, but tarrying, waiting. Oh, I ain't going nowhere until I get what you promised me. I'm going to wait like you said. I'm going to press through. I'm going to, I'm going to go through the first wave of the altar call. I'm going to wait for the second wave of the altar call. I'm not getting back. I'm not putting the key back in my ignition until I can barely put a key in my ignition. Because I'm so fulfilled with what I came to get. This is what I'm talking about. And they got to Samaria, all these great things. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This isn't what we experience in Acts 2. This isn't the upper room promise that we have. We know that this city is just on the cusp. So they send in some, some other individuals, helpers. And let me just say that right there, gifts. Gifted people who know how to pray for people. Gifted people who are anointed, who have relationship with God and can pray for people and lay hands on people. That's where we get the, we go back to acquirement. I want to be one of those for my church. I want to be one of those for my body. I want to be one of those for this, for this time and day and age where I can lay hands on someone and they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Not me giving somebody, but just being a conduit. Right? Acts 10, 1, and 5, 1 through 5. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. He listened to the type of person he was, a devout man, and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Man, even he prayed so much that verse, verse 3, he saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming to him and saying unto him, Cornelius, and when he looked up on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto them, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God, and now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon whose name is Peter. And we know the rest of the story. They go get Peter. Peter has his vision. Peter follows. Peter preaches a perfect home Bible study. <laughs> Why am I bringing us here? It's because I don't, I don't care how devout you are. I don't care how much you give. Maybe a little bit. I, don't, I love that you pray always. I'm grateful that you even see visions. But you're not completed. Till you are so filled, fulfilled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. They are speaking in another tongue. 
as the Spirit gives the utterance. That's when we can all breathe easy. That's why people, when you come up here, get in the hole, and a lot of people are nervous to come up. A lot of people don't like their space invaded. I get that. I get it. I don't like people touching me all the time. I get it. I, I, I'm, I, I feel I understand all those things. But you get over it. <laughs> get over the fact that you know what? I'm willing to be a hot, sweaty mess in the middle of a prayer pit. Because that's how it used to be. It used to be so hot and humid. Because there were 20 individuals around one person. And all of a sudden, you're not doing it. Your legs are not doing it, but you're just swaying. <laughs> I mean, your body is just, you, you can literally just hover. Someone's going to carry you. But you are not, you are completely, you've given total control to the mob of Holy Ghost people. That's okay. Because those people, I've always seen it every single time. Those people in the center always left counted and, and a part of the body. Because they got the Holy Ghost. They got to a place that I don't care what I look like. I don't care if I've got mascara flowing down my face. I look like a like a crazy joker. I don't care if I don't care what I I don't care if I smell bad. I don't care who's touching my shoulder or laying their hand on my head. I need this. I need all of it. And so we have to we have to get to that place of fulfillment. Acts 18, 24, 26, and a certain Jew named Apollos from born out of Alexandria, an, elo an eloquent man. Get this. He's mighty in scriptures. Eloquent. Came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord. And he had a fervent, he was fervent in the spirit. He spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And look at this. He's got some boldness on him. He's doing like John did. Speaking boldly in a synagogue whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Amen. All right. I love that story. I love, I don't know what it is, but there was something and Aquila and Priscilla as they're sitting in that synagogue and they're hearing the man do his preach a bold message there's cues on them that it's instantly this guy's still preaching a, a, a message of repentance out, out of the doctrine of John wait a second this guy doesn't know who the name is right. he doesn't realize who's already came as they're probably at the edge of their seats, you know, waiting for service to be over. They're like, man, we need to go talk to him. I, and, and, you know, they, I feel this is the, besides the Bible really puts Priscilla and Aquila into the giftings and the callings and elections of a teacher. And rightfully so. But beyond that, I believe they had other giftings. They had a spiritual gift to know how to, when to approach somebody. Because I promise you this, you take what you have, this knowledge, this, this, <laughs> this Acts 2.38, Jesus name baptism. You take that, you, you bring that knowledge, you go sit down in, um, in, in any Catholic church. So let's pick on the Catholics for a little bit. You sit in any Catholic church and you go ahead and with all boldness go up to that priest at the end of service. I would love to know your results. Right? Because any, any minister 
after coming off ministering is going to be so assured in what they know. I'm just telling you an insight. Be careful coming up to a preacher and trying to tell them differently. Even though they might need to hear differently. This is what happened. Just bringing you in. Someone called it breaking the fourth wall. I, I, this is the other side of things. Because something about preaching, when, especially when you're preaching in boldness, you are so affirmed and confirmed in what you're teaching that no one can change your mind otherwise. Unless, unless it's the real spirit of the Holy Ghost who pierces through all the, the, uh, the, the probably whatever school he went to, that pierces through all the, the education, that pierces through all the, uh, you know, the whatever uh, position he held in the synagogue, that pierces through all that. Some two teachers came and said, listen, I love what you're saying, but there is a way that is fulfilling. You're only given a portion. There's a way of God that is more perfectly. I love that. We all need to strive. When we come to this revival, we can all stand as I'm beginning to close down. When we come to our revival this month, this weekend, moving into our 21 days, come ready to get everything that is for you. Come to fulfill everything that is for you. What's for you? The promises of God. They're for you, they're for your children, and they're for all that are far off. Don't leave a revival without getting that fulfillment scripture lived out in your life. I want us to understand that when I read my opening text in Philippians 4 and 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. You know, we understand some of those words. We get what prayer is. We get what thanksgiving is. But that word supplication is a little bit of a different word that we hear. It's a very, very King Jamesy word. It's a, it's a word that we don't normally have in our vernacular. It's not, but supplication means to go humbly. A humble request. So you have prayer. But then you add a level of humility to your prayer. You add a level of, of, of petition and a list. That's what supplication also. It's a humble list that you bring to God saying, God, you know my circumstances. You know my needs. Help me. Replenish me. Give me what I need. And fulfill me for this hour. That's what we need in this revival. We need God to do those three things, not just as an individual, but as a church body. Amen? I can't wait. I, I'm, I'm so excited for what God's going to do because on the other end, when we walk through the 21 days... And, and we, are, we are geared because we have a lot of exciting things that are happening within those 21 days. But when we come out of those 21 days, we step into our birthday. <laughs> we have our anniversary service. And that anniversary service, we bring a great guest preacher, but that service is special. It's a time of jubilee and celebration. And to say, look, world, you did not kill us. <laughs> look, world, we're still open. Right? 
Let me tell you something. What I learned when I go preach out to other churches is how, how I talked about that season of COVID changed things. This church got through it. <laughs> Praise God for that. Praise God we're still standing. Yeah. Have we lost people? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Are we still going to probably lose people? Unfortunately. But we're always going to be faithful. I believe it too. The moment I can't wait till we move to that other space. <clears throat> I can't wait. Because they can't help but drive down I-20 and not see us. <laughs> I mean, they're going to have to do one of these. I can't look. No. Nope. It's going to be a constant reminder we're still there. And that's what we need to be as a church. Praise God. Let's bow our heads together. God, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. God, as we stand before, Lord, a revival. God, as we stand before a stirring of your spirit, I pray, God, help us. Help us make up in our mind. Help us make up a decision today as we step into that first service that I need you, that I need to get what has been taken away. I need, I, I need to be refilled again, I, renewed again, replenished. God, I need what I've, what's been stolen from me or what I've maybe spilt out of me. Whatever it is, I need it back. God, I need special giftings. This church needs special giftings. This church needs special laborers. This, this body needs the thing that is specific to the battle. God, I pray, help us, God. Help us, oh Lord, get those things, but more importantly, complete us. God, help us to be a healthy church, a complete Complete healthy church, Lord. God, unified in you. A body fitly framed together. God, we thank you right now. We, we give you praise right now. We give you honor right now. Hallelujah for what you're going to do. I, I believe it. Healing is going to happen this weekend. Miracles are going to happen this weekend. Uh, oh, I, my, my flesh is going to die out this 21 days. Uh, my spirit's going to overwhelm overwhelm my flesh these 21 days hallelujah God we thank you together we praise you together in your name we all pray together in Jesus name Jesus name amen if you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church please visit AphesisChurch.com Thank you for being a part 